We are continuing uh, our series this morning, Spirit of Jesus, and uh, we're finishing it up uh, this morning. This is week three, though it took us four weeks to get through it. I don't know how that works out, but it's okay. Have you been encouraged by the series? I hope so. Uh, I, I know I have been, uh, in, I've been stirred. As I said last week, the goal of this series is not to answer every question about the Holy Spirit. He'd be too small if we could pull that one off. Uh, the, the point is to stir our hungry, or stir our hunger, because if we want to be a Jesus people, then we need to be filled with the Spirit of Jesus, and that's what we're going for. We don't just want to be church people or good people or all of that kind of stuff. We want to be Jesus people, and we need the Spirit of Jesus inside of us. Today, we're going to be finishing up our series talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I love talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We're going to be working through a few chapters in the Bible. You can open up to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to be working through a handful of chapters, 12, 13, and 14. We'll be bouncing around a little bit, but they're all within a page of each other. So you're going to make it. You're going to make it. Do you like who you're sitting next to this morning? Because I, 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 you, you may be talking to them a little bit as we get going, so make sure. If you don't know their name by now, that's, uh, you know, not my problem. You, you can say, hey. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and um, I want to read a little bit of 1 Corinthians chapter 12 as we get started. And uh, even before I kind of give you the specific title for this week's message, I want to read a little bit of the Word of God that we're going to be talking about. 1 Corinthians 12, it's part of um, a book of the Bible called 1 Corinthians. It was originally penned by a man named Paul who had started a church in the city of Corinth. And he uh, didn't have FaceTime and all of that, so he would write letters to them to help them navigate uh, walking with Jesus and being the church, which I'm encouraged by that, that Paul had to write letters to the churches because that meant church was complicated. And so like when it's complicated for us, it's okay. You know, like when, when it's hard to be in relationship with people, it doesn't mean that like God doesn't work. So we could talk about that, but maybe next week. <laughs> he pens this letter to the Corinthians and this portion of the letter that we're talking about, he's specifically trying to equip them about the gifts of the Holy Spirit because they've begun following Jesus. They've been filled with the Spirit of Jesus. And rightfully so, in being filled with the Spirit of Jesus, new things are happening. I mean, if God's gonna fill us, then our lives ought to start to look different, right? So their life is looking different and they're trying to navigate, how do we do church? How do we be the church? How do we walk and live this life full of the Holy Spirit? And God so inspired this note that Paul had written to this church uh, that he, he uses it now as his word to us even 2,000 years later because we have so many of these same questions. And this is, this is the word of God to the church of Corinth then and I believe that it is also the word of God for us this morning. So I hope you're ready to hear God speak to you in church even on this Sunday morning, to communicate who he is. This is why God gives us his word. And, and this is the point of, of anything that we could read or talk about on Sunday is not just to, not just to learn something, but, but God's actually trying to tell us who he is and what he's like and what it means to walk with him so that we can do things like preach the gospel of the kingdom and make others great. That's what we wanna do. So Paul's writing to a church. They're beginning to walk in the Holy Spirit and understand the gifts, and he wants to write them a note on how the gifts work, what the purpose is, and uh, how they ought to work in our life. And he starts the portion of this letter here in verse 1 of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, talking about the Holy Spirit. He says this, Now, concerning the spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. That's a good little preface. This is why Paul is writing this. There, there's, there's so much to know about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. There's so much to know. There's so much significance here talking about these gifts that I, I don't want you to be uninformed because this, this is a big deal. This is what Paul is trying to say to his church in Corinth, and I believe this is what God wants you to know too. 
regardless of your experience, background, uh, theology, all of these sorts of things, I believe God wants you to know this morning this is significant. And he doesn't want you to be uninformed. No matter if there's been good experiences, bad experiences, no experiences, I want you to listen in fresh this morning and come to the word of God saying, okay, God, inform me about the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And this is my heart for us this morning. As, as we go through these being informed, I want to hit on five lessons for us as we go through being informed about the gifts of the Holy Spirit this morning. He continues his note. I don't want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. Say, all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. In an effort to begin informing us about the gifts of the Holy Spirit in these verses, I see in here one prevailing point that, uh, that underscores and is the foundation from which I believe we need to build our understanding and information about the Holy Spirit and his gifts on. That There is something, there is a place where God wants us to start being informed about what are the gifts of the Holy Spirit and what are they for. There is this truth that has to underscore all of this, and it's a truth of the gospel. And it's a truth about you this morning if, you're given, if you've given your life to Jesus. And it's so simple, but it's, but it's so easy to not believe it or accept it when we aren't informed. But if we want to understand, we have to begin by believing this one thing. And it's a declaration I want you to make about yourself. And like I said, you're going to be talking to your neighbor this morning. So I don't want you to just say it about yourself. I want you to tell this to your neighbor about yourself. I want you to declare to them this morning, this is the prevailing thought that I believe our foundation has to begin on. And it's also the title for the message this morning. I want you to touch your neighbor and say, I'm gifted. I'm gifted. Say it with some confidence. I'm gifted. I'm gifted. And now look at your other neighbor you ignored and say, no, you need to know too. I'm gifted. I'm gifted. I want you to write that at the top of your notes this morning. I'm gifted. I'm gifted as we finish up our time this morning. You see, there's a lot packed in this little declaration of I'm gifted. <laughs> Can we time out and just say mom party in the back? Yes. You, just, you can't breeze over that. That's amazing. I love it. I'm gifted. and so There's so much packed into this, this truth about you, this truth about you. There's so much packed in about the gospel. See, because the gospel is, is better than some of the things that we say about ourselves, especially we can get into this rhythm in church say, saying these things about ourselves. Like when we say, I am, we, we kind of follow that with lots of different things in church. And I believe that we miss out on a lot of the gospel based on what we talk, talk about most of the time. Like we'll say things like, like I, I'm, I'm broken. I'm a sinner. 
We talk about that a lot in church. I'm not ready. I'm tired. I'm uncomfortable. I'm working on it. And that's kind of our I am statements about ourselves. And then it's kind of followed by, it's like, okay, so then there's church. And so I'm gift, or I'm, 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 I'm a sinner. I'm broken. I'm, I'm trying. I'm, I've got a journey. I'm not quite ready. I'm kind of tired. But now, by the grace of God, I get to show up into a building on Sunday with a bunch of other people that are broken and sinners and not ready and tired and uncomfortable. And we get to do all of it together. Praise the Lord. Let's go to church. But see, the good news is that I was all of those things. This is the good news. I was all of those things, absolutely, but now, by the grace of God, I'm not. We gotta, we gotta change the I am, right? Like, like I was all of those things, but, but now I'm saved. Now I'm whole, I'm headed in the right direction, I'm I'm where God can use me, I'm willing to try, I'm adopted by the Father, I'm I'm righteous by the blood of Jesus, I'm filled by the Holy Spirit, I'm empowered, I'm able, and I'm reporting for duty alongside of you because I am gifted. And I believe the church needs to know I'm gifted. You need to know you're gifted this morning. And talking about spiritual gifts, I know when we talk about this, it's like it can get weird because so many different people have so many different experiences and opinions and preferences and all these sorts of things. But I believe that the reason it can get weird is not so much because the gifts of the Holy Spirit are weird, though there is a weird element. Weird in that it's not normal, like it's bigger than us, which is why it's God and not us, right? Like definition of weird. But there's also this whole weird factor that has nothing to do with God. It has everything to do with people. Like people did some weird stuff. And so we categorize, like, when a person did a weird thing, we make it weird about God, too. And then we don't want to touch it with a 10-foot pole because it gets scary. And so I just want to say, like, if somebody has done some weird things to turn you off to the gifts of the Holy Spirit, like, I'm sorry about that. It probably was really weird. But at the same time, like, don't, don't put that on God. Like, I want you to get free this morning that, like, somebody might have been weird, but that didn't mean God told them to do that weird thing, even if they said God said to. Like, sometimes we can get weird when a self-appointed, gifted person uses their gifts to make sure you know they're gifted, right? Like, that's when it gets weird. And that's not what we're going for this morning. So don't get turned off by that kind of stuff. Let's, let's go to the Bible this morning. Let's dig in and be a church that is gifted. I want you to write this down. I think this is going to help a lot of us in our framework that uh, we've got to understand overarching, like, I'm gifted And if I'm going to realize and walk in the truth that I'm gifted, then something I've got to know is that spiritual gifts are meant to be functional and not fancy. Spiritual gifts are meant to be functional and not fancy. And too often we get trapped in like people trying to use them to be fancy. But God's got a function for these spiritual gifts. And it's not to make you fancy. This is why it's not arrogant to say I'm gifted. Because I'm not telling you I'm fancy. I'm telling you I'm ready to work. I'm gifted. I'm gifted. We're gifted, and we should grow in our gifts. We should refine our gifts. We should develop our gifts. We should live out our gifts. We should be confident in our gifts. We should encourage one another in our gifts, but don't be uninformed. Don't be uninformed. There is a function for all of this. There is a function for the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and it's not so a few people can look good. God has gifted you in a unique way and in unique ways so that you can join with the church and proclaim to the world and demonstrate to the world that Jesus is Lord. Paul says, nobody except by the Holy Spirit can proclaim Jesus is Lord. This is the function of the Holy Spirit and his gifts. 
you become this living demonstration that Jesus is Lord. Because like I said, you used to be a lot of things, but now you're not because Jesus is Lord. I'm gifted. I'm gifted. First lesson of this morning is I'm gifted. I'm gifted. The lesson continues like we read. We'll go back to verses four through seven. It says, now there are various There are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. There are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Look back at your neighbor and tell him, you're different. You're you're different. Now, now, Now look back at him and say, you're not better than me. You're different. You're not better than me. Now, now make sure you look back at him and you finish this and you say, I'm not better than you either. <laughs> Our second lesson is, you're different. First lesson is, I'm gifted. Second lesson, you're different. You're, you're different. You ever notice the person sitting next to you is a little different? <laughs> we're different. We're different. What we should all do is all get up and walk around and give everybody a hug and say, we're different. <laughs> But that'd get weird. Talk about weird stuff, right? You need to know that all of these gifts, these ways that the Holy Spirit works through all of us, they're different. They're different. But but they all come from the same spirit. Different activities, same spirit. Varieties of function, but the same spirit. And verse 7 gives us a beautiful definition of spiritual gifts. I loved digging into this just this, this week. I felt like I saw this in a new way, even just for myself, this definition of what are spiritual gifts, what are they all about? Verse seven, it says this, to each is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. He says, to each is given. That means I'm gifted because I'm one of each. You're one of each, you're gifted. To each, to each is given. Like fact, right? Like you didn't earn that. You just got it because that's what each gets. Each gets a given. You're gifted. To each is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. Something that we've talked a little bit about over the course of this series is how especially it seems when it comes to the Holy Spirit and we start talking about spiritual things that are a little bit outside of our, our box, like you know, we talked about encountering the Holy Spirit last week. We're talking about gifts of the Holy Spirit this week. We can have this tendency to start building really tiny boxes around what these things mean. Really tiny boxes around, well, this is what an encounter with the Holy Spirit looks like, feels like, means. This is how you know you got it if it fits in this box. Like, we got it. And it's the same thing. We can do the same thing when it comes to the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We can start building these really small boxes and label them spiritual gifts. Like, this is them. They fit right here. And they're like this narrow. And we've got to understand, though, that like this short list that comes after verse 7, verses 8 and 9, he lists a few spiritual gifts we got to understand that th- that list was never meant to be this comprehensive list of all the ways that the Holy Spirit gifts human beings. That, that, wasn't, that wasn't the point. Like, we've taken these two verses, verses 8 and 9, and we, we built, like, entire curriculums about them. They're like, these are the gifts of the Holy Spirit. These few, which one are you? 
And then there's like another list in Romans somewhere. And so there's whole other curriculums about like, no, these are also the gifts. Like, which one are you? And that's true. Like, these are some gifts of the Holy Spirit. And you may be one of them. And that's great. And so like the curriculums are awesome. Like, let's do them and learn some stuff and all that kind of stuff. But maybe it's also bigger than that. And I I pray that God would blow open your box this morning. Because I think we've been paralyzed for too long. Back to that picture we shared during worship. Stuck in the mud for too long trying to fit where we, trying to see where do we fit in this little box. And God's like, you don't. You don't, and that's not a problem. And maybe somebody told you that was a problem, but they were wrong. It's not a problem. The way I know that this wasn't meant to be a comprehensive list is because we've got to understand God's trying to communicate his heart to the church. Paul's trying to communicate his heart to the church. This wasn't meant, Paul, and like, this wasn't written to be the Bible. Right, like he was just trying to help some people. And so to make the point that he's trying to make, to make the point that God's trying to make in this, he says, okay, here's a few lists and like there's this one, it's, but it's the same spirit. There's this one, it's, it's different, but it's the same spirit. This, and then he goes on afterwards, I'm not gonna read into it, but he goes on for a long verses. He's like, you're like, the church is like a body, like a human body and you're part of it. And so the gifts are kind of like different parts of the body. And he goes on and he says, like, does the hand say to the foot, I don't need you? Or does the eye say to the ear, I have no need of you? And he's like, no, that's not what happens. And he kind of describes the body a little bit more. But what I can tell you he does not do is go through and write a completely comprehensive textbook on every element of the human body and its function and how it functions with each of the other elements of the human body. Just making a point. Like, this is... You know, like, it's like you're part of a body, you know? Like, you've got a part to play. That's the point. The point isn't, like, fit in this box. Are we tracking? And I really do hope that sets you free. Because you know what? You're different. You're different. You're different. You're not better than anybody else. And nobody else is better than you. We're all just different. We're just different. And we got to get set free in our differences we got to get set free in our differences. And if we want to be a church that walks in the gifts of the Holy Spirit so that we can look like Jesus, we want to be filled with the gifts of the Spirit from the Spirit of Jesus so that we can be Jesus' people, we need to stop being intimidated and hung up on our differences. And we got to start celebrating our differences. we got to start celebrating our differences. You know, like, I, I, we got to stop being intimidated by, like, I do this and you do that. It's like so easy, right in our minds, like, okay, well, who's right and who's wrong? It's like, well, that, no, I'm just saying, like, I do this and you do that. And then, like, together we get to do more. So it works, <laughs> right? Like, let's celebrate these differences. Like, I, I have two kids, you have four kids, they have no kids. We're different. Which one's better? I, it's not the point. We're just different, right? Like, I, I'm a dad, you're a mom. Who's more important? <laughs> It's not the point. We're different. I'm good at this. You're good at that. Who's better? I'm bad at this. You're bad at that. Who's worse? It's like, what are we talking about, right? Can, are you tracking? I know I'm like harping on this, but like what could happen if we got set free and stopped separating over our differences and started celebrating our differences, celebrating our differences? Like, like I can be 29. You can be 49. She can be 19. I can be white. You can be black. He can be brown. I can say it this way. You can say it that way. I can have this preference and you can have that preference. We can be different. Same spirit, same Jesus, but we're different, but we're different. And that's good because like our differences, we can handle them because it's not about me and it's not about you. It's about the same spirit. 
that we're trying to walk through. It's about being the same Jesus, the same Jesus people. Like, let's not get mad. He says this. He says it's a manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. You want to know what a spiritual gift is? It's something that God has put in you, and when you do it, it shows the world what God looks like. And the result is other people are better because of it. That's a big box. That's a big box. There's a lot of ways I get encouraged by all of you, and they're not on any of these lists. But when you do it, it's like, oh, wow, I see God. That, like, really encouraged me. Like, you, when you did that, it showed God, and it made us better, the common good. So let's get excited about our differences, because now our differences don't have to be a reason to celebrate. They become an opportunity of revelation. It's good when you see it differently than me. Same spirit, same Jesus, but it's cool when we approach him different. It's cool that we worship differently. It's cool that we may say it differently. It's cool that we might do all that because there's some of God in that that I don't see, that I want to see, and I can only see it if you do it. Let's not get mad. Let's see God, and let's be encouraged, right? I mean, what could happen? What could happen? if we started really celebrating our differences. Same Jesus, same Holy Spirit. That part's important. Jesus is the truth, but we're different. We're different. First lesson is what? I'm gifted. Come on, confidence. I'm gifted. Second lesson, you're different. And the third lesson is we're in this together. We're in this together. We're gonna skip over to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, You can turn your page if your Bible is like mine. It's not on that same page. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. I want to talk about tongues and prophecy for a second. I love looking up and see when I say stuff like that, see what all the eyes get wide. Oh, gosh. Here come the snakes. Here they come. All right. Okay. I want to talk about tongues and prophecy. Uh, Number one, because when we start talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, that's at like the top of the list of like, let's get this straightened out. Like, where are we at here, you know? It's like, it depending on what environment you're in, it's like, if you don't pray in tongues, then I can't listen to anything you say. If you do pray in tongues, I can't listen to anything you say. It's just like, oh, gosh, it's lose-lose, so let's talk about it. <laughs> let's talk about it. But I also want to talk about it because I believe that, um, well, first of all, we're about to read some verses that specifically go into these two things because uh, apparently they've been kind of the hot topic for a long time. So that's good. So we're going to dig into that, and God, God addresses these things in particular. And I believe that in addressing tongues and prophecy and the purpose behind tongues and prophecy, that God is actually making a bigger point. He's making a bigger point than just about tongues and prophecy. He's actually making the point of this third lesson that he wants to inform us about spiritual gifts is that we are in this together. There's a bigger point behind tongues and prophecy. It kind of applies to all of them, right? We're in this together. In 1 Corinthians 14, 1 through 5, it says this, Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men but to God. For no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the Spirit. On the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upholding and encouragement and consolation. The one who speaks in a tongue builds builds up himself, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. Now, I want you all to speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. 
The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues unless someone interprets so that the church may be built up. So again, I'm gonna try to talk about tongues and prophecy, but also kind of the whole thing at the same time. We'll see if I pull it off, right? When it comes to tongues, I just wanna like, we could talk about it for a long time, but I think it'd just be easier to echo the Bible here on this. So uh, what was that verse? It says, um, right here, verse five, now I want you all to speak in tongues. That's true for me, to you. Like I, I want you all to speak in tongues. And then later on in verse uh, 18, Paul says this, and I wanna echo this too, just throw it out there. Like, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. Cats out of the bag. I pray in tongues, and I probably do it a lot more than anybody else in here. So I want you all to beat me. Do it more. I'm putting it out as a challenge. No, I want you all to pray in tongues. Why? Can we talk about why, though? Like, because everybody just got uncomfortable, and it's like, oh, man, like, what are you saying? Like, I can't be saved if I don't pray. No, I didn't say that, actually. I just said I want you to pray in tongues. Because the Bible says I want you to pray in tongues. And here's why. It says this, it's not so that you and I can get up on this stage and get on the microphone and do something weird and be like, cool for that guy, he prays in tongues. Cool. It's like, that's not the point, so that we can do something weird. He says why right here in these verses. He says this, one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men but to God. Prayer, that's a good thing. So let's do that. No one understands him, but he must. He utters mysteries in the spirit. I want those. Uh, on the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding, encouragement, and consolation. The one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself. I want that. I want that because, like, not because, like, I want to be the cool kid in church, but because I've got this thing called a life and, like, an enemy called the devil. And I'm, like, a part of this thing called the church. And Jesus said the gates of hell won't stand up against it because the gates of hell are going to try. And I need to be strong in the Lord. I got stuff going on, and I don't know what's going on, and I don't know what's gonna come around the next corner for me, and the reason I want you praying in tongues too is because you don't know what's coming around the next corner for you, and I don't know what's coming around your corner, and you don't know what's coming around my corner, but either way, I wanna be ready for it. I wanna put the work in in the gym to beat up whatever it is that needs to get beat up around there. And here's the bottom line. If we're a body together, at some point, I'm gonna need you to carry me, and at some point, you're gonna need me to carry you, and so I wanna do my part and be ready. I want to be ready for you, not because I want to be the guy who prays in tongues, but because I want to be as strong as possible for the common good, so that when you fall, when you go through something, I want to be able to manifest the Spirit of God by being there, and for your common good, pick you up and carry you down the road, and I'm going to need you to do it for me too. Plus, the mysteries of the Spirit sounds cool. Don't get it, but cool. That's why I want to, that's why I want to get after that. That's why I do it. And that's why I, I wish we would all do it, because we're in this together. That's why. We're in this together. No, I'm not going to stand up here and do it in front of everybody, because it says it doesn't do you any good. It doesn't do you any good until you fall. And I'm there to pick you up. So I'll just stay in my closet and do it, or do it here on the front row when the music's loud so you can't hear me. And you're like, wait, seriously? You've been doing that this whole time? <laughs> that's why. So let's pray in tongues. And let's prophesy. Let's prophesy. Let's talk about this. Let's prophesy. He says this in verse three. On the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. I really like those things. Like, I would love for you to ask God for things that you can tell me that are from him that are gonna encourage me. 
please, feel free. Like, practice. Practice your prophecy on me. Get it wrong, I don't care. Like, because one of these days you're going to get it right, and it's going to be like, man, that was awesome. I don't need you to tell my future. I need you to encourage me, man. Because, like, we're in this together, dude. Like, we're trying to get this ball going forward, and, I, and I'm in this with you, and you're in this with me, and so, like, let's encourage each other, because there's, like, not a whole lot of other places you're getting encouraged in your life. How many of you, like, this last week, your coworker just came up out of the blue, like, you know, I just wanted you to know, like, you're doing great, I really like you, and, like, I, th- I just think that, like, there's a destiny on your life. <laughs> we all needed to hear it, and nobody heard it, right? So it's our turn. We're in this together. We're in this together. I mean, if the church is the hope of the world, then let's prophesy. Let's encourage the church. Let's build up the church. Let's bring consolation to the church so that a city on a hill might be built up, that a light for the nations may be raised up, that a prayer for all nations or a, a house of prayer for all nations might be built. Work your gifts. Encourage one another in the gifts because we are in this together. We're in this together. Fourth lesson. Your personal passion, personal passion. In verse 31 of chapter 12, says this, but earnestly desire the higher gifts. And then in 14, verse one, it says again, pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. Both of these verses are translated in English the same way this, this, this phrase, earnestly desire. And it it comes from the same Greek word. That's why they did it the same in English twice, I'm guessing, because it was the same. And the Greek word is this word zelo, where we would get the word zeal. And and I was looking up what's the definition, like what's kind of the context, the definition of this word. What what was the the writer in in Greek? What is is the Greek word trying to communicate here? And it is intense. Like, we don't really use the word earnestly real much or real often. (laughs) And we don't use the word zeal a whole lot either. Like we'll use it in church because it's in the Bible and stuff. But the Greek word zeal, what it means is it means to burn, to boil, strive after, exert oneself for. It's used to communicate, and it's used in other ways like about not good things. Like it's used to communicate that feeling, that fire that you have inside of you, that feeling like envy and covetousness and even lust is this, like it uses the same word. That just like, you know, like don't act like you've never sinned before. You know the feeling. They're like, I can't not do this. He said, I want you to have, I want you to boil for the gifts. I want you to burn for the spiritual gifts. Earnestly desire that you would manifest God for the common good. I love this. I, I remember learning this when I was like 23 or 24 or something. I, I looked up that word and I was like, what? I didn't know that I had that kind of permission. You know, like too often it's like, wait, you know, we start talking about the gifts and the point is like, let's go just enough to like do it right. And God's like, no, wrong perspective. Just pour on the gas. Burn for these things. Like, don't get, don't get so stuck in the mud on like, are we doing it right? Is everything perfect? Does it all make perfect sense? He's like, no, just burn. Burn for these things. Not for you, for them. Burn to help other people. 
Burn to serve people in the power of God. Burn that the Holy Spirit might work through your little humanity and redefine what it means for you. Like do something crazy, like make the old pass away and the new come and fill you with God that other people might be built up. Burn for this. Like you are allowed to approach God with a burning desire to be used. You are allowed to, 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 to give your meetings during the week to God and say, God, I'm, I'm asking, Lord, would you, would you use these things? Let these be a gift to the people around me. Like, let my time, let my energy, let my friendship, let my parenting, let my marriage, let it be something that shows somebody else how good you are and it makes them stronger. Lord, like, use me, God. Like, ah, it's like too much. We, we come to church and it's like, it's like, okay, God, like use me, maybe. Like, okay. You know, like if, if you get to everybody else and like you still have anything to be done, like you can come, I'll just be right over here and all this kind of stuff. And God's like, I dare you to come and ask. See what I might do through you. Just see. See what I might do through you. You don't just have permission to walk in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You are called to a passionate pursuit of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I just want you to know that that's really encouraging. And like, I needed that when I was, when I was getting, when I was falling in love with Jesus and still today, like, I need this because like, I need to know that I don't have to go outside of church to get passionate. Like, I don't, I need to know that like, God doesn't look at all the stuff that happens outside of these four walls and be like, oh, those are the secular things. Like, if you want to go be passionate about that, that's great. But like, it's not church, you know? Come on, somebody. You are allowed to let your whole life burn for God. You are allowed to ask God to move through everything inside of you. You are allowed to, God, to ask God for melodies that will set people through, set people free. You're allowed to ask God for business strategies that are going to bring revenue and create jobs and, and make an amazing work environment. Like you're allowed to ask for that kind of stuff. You're allowed to ask for that kind of stuff. Like when you tell God or when you think something secular, like God doesn't know what you're talking about. He's like, I don't care. You call it whatever you want. Just burn. Just burn and let me, let me show the world who I am. You're allowed to come before God with this prayer. God, Holy Spirit, would you use me? Use me. And we got to get set free from these little boxes, right? I just heard, I heard somebody talking about this recently. They were going through Philippians 4.8. You know those verses? They're like, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is pure, like think about those things. And I just like glance over that. But, but this guy who's making this point, he's like, you ever wonder what the will of God is? Like get in Jesus and then whatever. Whatever's lovely, like go for it. Just go for it. And so like we look at the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, all these sort of things. Like if it can fit in that category, burn for it. Just go for it. Don't worry about it. God's gonna be like, ah, I didn't gift you for that. Like that wasn't that wasn't like the one. Ah, you like really went a little overboard with like that thing. Say <laughs> like, no, no, no. Like if, if it's gonna like show the world the gentleness of God, just like overdo it. Feel free, spill, make a mess. It's whatever. It's just the gentleness of God. I think we'll be okay. What was that one called? Personal passion, thank you. Oh, this is so good. This morning I was finishing up this message and Rosie came down and she was uh, asking me if I wanted eggs or a smoothie. So cute. Doesn't happen every day, I can tell you that. But I was like, Rosie, I'm trying to... What? She doesn't. Yeah, I know. You, yes, my wife made it, clearly. 
It was her birthday yesterday, so. <laughs> and she looks good. Speaking of burning, hallelujah. Spiritual gift. Anyways, what were we talking about? So Rose comes down and she's like, what are you doing? I said, I'm finished. I'm, I'm working on my sermon. I can't figure out how to say this one, this one part. I didn't tell her what I was talking about. I can't figure out how to say this one part. She goes, oh, I know. I said, okay, great. I was literally working on this specific point. And she goes, love God in all ways in music. <laughs> I was like, gonna write that down. That'll preach. Spiritually, just love God in all ways. And listen to music. <laughs> but really, like, what could a church look like filled with individuals taking personal responsibility to steward a personal passion that they might be used by God to preach the gospel of the kingdom and make others great? What could a church look like? Our last lesson as we close be excellent. Be excellent. In between these two exhortations of 1 Corinthians 12, 31, to earnestly desire the gifts, and in between 1 Corinthians 14, 1, earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, right in between, there's this whole other chapter of the Bible. And it's pretty important. You've probably heard it before. But he paves the way for what he's saying here in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 at the end of 1 Corinthians 12, 31, as an introduction into 13, he says this. He says, but earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, and I will show you a still more excellent way. I will show you something even still more excellent than all of these things. Still more excellent than everything you could do. Still more excellent than everything you could pursue. I want to show you the excellent way. And when it comes to spiritual gifts, don't be uninformed. I want you to be excellent. And here's the excellent way. He says this about the excellent way. 1 Corinthians 13 says, if I speak in the tongues of men and angels but have not love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have and if I deliver up my body to be burned but I have not love, I gain nothing. Gain nothing. And God so loved the world that he gave his best. He gave the best thing that he had to offer because he wanted, in offering his best, he wanted the world to see what he was like. He wanted the world to know how much he loved them, how much he loved us, so he gave his best. And we can talk about gifts we can talk about passions. We can talk about all of these things, but I just want to get really honest. Something that I've been learning along the way as I am living my own life and just kind of observing the world and trying to figure out how do we, how do, we do this thing? How do, we, how do we help people? Here's the truth, man. Like, the world doesn't need more gifted people. The world doesn't need more passionate people. The world needs Jesus. And the gifts and the passions that God has given you they're invitations. They're not destinations. They're invitations from Jesus to manifest him by giving the best you have so that you can love the people around you. 
Whatever it is that God gives you to do, do it with excellence. Give it your best. Because when you give your best, you show the world a God who gives his best. Because he just so loved him, he had to pour it all out. I want you to stand up this morning as we close. We are the church. We are the people of God. And God has given us the gift of life. We are gifted. Let's live excellently in every way, in everything, every day, giving the world around us the best we have so that we might manifest the Spirit of God for the common good. In the first week of this series, we talked about a verse that said, as an encouragement to offer our lives to God, that we would be like living sacrifices, that we would just give God our whole life and we would live as a sacrifice for Him. When you pursue the gifts of the Holy Spirit, when you live them, live as a sacrifice to God. Live your life, pursue your gifts, exercise your gifts as a sacrifice to God. Because like we said that week, when we are faithful to live our lives as a sacrifice, God is faithful to send fire. He is faithful to send fire. And I believe this morning that as we wrap up this series, this might be new for some of you. If you've been around for a while, we do something like this periodically. But I just really believe that like this is a significant moment for us as a church. And this can be a significant moment for you personally. Kind of like a line in the sand moment where we kind of take a little bit of being informed and we just make the choice, okay, God, I, 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 mean, I don't understand all of this, but I want to give you my life as a living sacrifice. I want to pour out my life. I want to walk in the gifts that you've given me. I want to stir up the passions inside of me, not so that I can become something, but so that I can live as a sacrifice so that the world could see you. I don't know what God might be doing in you this morning or even just through this series but I believe that there's, these, there's an opportunity for this to kind of be the moment you remember where you're like, I committed to something deeper. I committed to something better and it's gonna change the way that I live. For some of you, it might just kind of be a recommitment of like, you know, I've been doing the best I have. I'm, I'm trying, you know, I'm, I'm just gonna keep going. I'm gonna keep going. Like, I, yes, I'm in, I'm in again. I'm in again. Maybe some of you didn't know you were allowed to be hungry for more. You didn't know you were allowed to live your life starving for God to move in you. Maybe the Holy Spirit is highlighting an area in your life where you've been pursuing the gifts or you've been operating in your gifts, but it maybe has been focused on the wrong thing. Maybe it hasn't been for everybody else. Maybe it's been for you. Maybe you've never believed you're gifted. Maybe you've committed, you've never committed to use your gift for others. You've just been doing it yourself. I don't know, but I just believe that in these moments when we close, there's always an opportunity to respond to the Word of God. There's always an opportunity. God, when He speaks to you, He's always moving you forward. And I believe that we all have an offering to bring this morning because we all have a life to bring this morning. We're gonna have a few people off to the side to pray with you if you want somebody to pray with you this morning. Church is a great place to get prayer. Don't leave without it. But, you know, I thought, I'm like, maybe do we call everybody up to the front or whatever? But I just want you to, you can do that if you want to. But really, like, I just, I just wanna say, like, if you're here this morning and you're like, okay, I wanna commit to God showing himself through my life so that other people can be better. If that's just where you're at this morning, no matter what you've ever said, well, whatever, like, if that's you, I just want you to put both your hands up in the air. Say, God, I want you to use me to show you and make other people better. If you're here this morning, maybe you don't have your hands raised. If, you, if you've never given your life to Jesus, you've never been born again and filled with the Holy Spirit, 
Don't leave without doing that. I'd love for you to go see in the back. Mark Frazee's back there. He'd love to talk with you. I'd love to talk with you about how you can know Jesus and how you can step into a life, not just knowing who God is, but knowing God yourself and being used by Him for the good of people around you. I want to pray for us. And let's worship this song together that God would send the Holy Spirit in fire as we offer our lives as living sacrifice. God, we love you. Would you send the fire of the Holy Spirit? Lord, would you teach us to live as living sacrifices? Would you teach us to give our gifts, to to burn for more, and to give our lives as an offering, Lord, that you might burn on us and show the world who you are. Show the world how much you love. Show the world how much you love us. Use us, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name.